Hi, Russ. He's got a cup of coffee because it's 7.50 in the morning and Russ is a happy new father. So That's right. he's a bit tired. Just a little bit. He, you know, th three weeks in and he's sleeping mostly through the night, but but not fully. So yeah, um, but yeah. You've got those rosy red cheeks of a proud dad. Totally am. Totally am a proud dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's amazing. Like, yeah. Wonderful. You get the song. A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Russ Jeffery. Rhymes with referee. Just thought of that. Um, yeah, because I misspoke your name. I thought it was Jeffrey R-E-Y, but it's E-R-Y, and it's actually quite a common name. I think so, yeah. Um, I, I always get it that my, my last name is my first name, so uh, I, I don't really know how to take you know the different spellings of Jeffrey. I'm just used to people calling me Jeff. Right, okay. Russ Jeff. Lovely name. I'll call you Russ Jeff from now on. Right, as always, we start with brand search. And if we show that first screen, I actually look your name up. And you've been infected with the Jason Barnard Caddy Cube Tuesdays. Oh, no, we're not talking about that first. We're talking about the blue dog and the yellow koala. Just quickly about my experiment. I'm running an experiment on the blue dog and yellow koala families. And I'm trying to build the family tree. Very appropriate for somebody who's just had a son into Google's brain, and we've got the happy yellow koala family who are now united together in people also search for, and the blue dog family is coming along nicely, and we'll soon have them all united in a big long line. So that's part of the Caddy Cube experiment. And now on to Russ, who has been infected in the next screen with the Jason Barnard Caddy Cube SERP experiments. There you go. Um, I pop up when you search your name, both as an image and with my name, I'm afraid. And if we got the next screen, if you look just in videos, it's even more scary. Oh, no. Dang. Yeah, it's all Core Web Vitals. You and I only ever talk about Core Web Vitals. It's so. I'll, I'll be honest, it's all I know about. Oh, right. Okay, brilliant. Well, that, that's lucky because if, if we get on with the, the show, that's exactly what we're talking about. And you know so much about this that this could last hours and hours and hours. Now, quickly filling in for everybody else, as you could see on the previous screen, uh, Russ and I actually did a webinar on Duda about three months ago about what was going to happen, what we thought would happen, and what might happen, and how this might pan out as Google uh, added Core Web Vitals as part of the ranking algorithm. And today, Russ is coming back on my show to tell us what actually happened. What <laughs> happened, Russ? You, you know... Uh it, it seems like it was a, it was a lot to do about nothing a little bit um, for for the whole rollout of Core Web Vitals. Uh, obviously, we're still in the middle of it here. You know, Google says they're going to finish rolling out at the end of the month. I think, for all intents and purposes, anyone who's doing SEO uh, knows that at this point, Core Web Vitals is is just a key factor in, in what you take into account when you you know are building websites and optimizing sites um, today. You know, the, from a ranking perspective. I don't think we're going to see a lot of real examples of this website won out over this, you know, other website uh, because of a core Web Vitals, you know, ranking issue. Um, and I, I think, I think, you know, in the in the bigger picture, it's not a huge ranking change. I think the bigger shift is actually just more the the, the industry kind of changing how they think about speed and giving them the metrics and values and things to focus on when building and optimizing websites. Uh, that right. they need that they need to to focus on going forward. And so we, 
Yeah. yeah sorry. Well, well, I was going to interrupt there, and because you were saying need to focus on, I mean, kind of, we we tended to be obsessed by pure speed. You know, right. we want our Ferrari or our dragster racer, uh, and we actually need to paint it and make it look pretty so that when it is relatively fast, yeah. it, it feels fast. Oh, it needs to be red. That was what I was trying to get at. And the Core Web Vitals, what I like about it is Google saying, actually, we're going to look at perceived speed right. and perceived or the user experience within that perceived speed. So the, what was it called? The 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 primary image of primary element of page. What was that called? Oh, LCP, lar largest contentful paint, which is the, the biggest item to load on the page, right? And basically they're saying we need to see something big and impressive fast. Exactly. Yeah, like Google wants it to be under 2.5 seconds. Um, uh, and, and that's what they would call is, is a good speed to have the largest piece of content, right? And if you think yeah. about that from a person perspective, this is perceived performance, like just like you're saying, where people lose interest after one, two, three seconds of, of really not focusing or not seeing anything happen. And so Google is just looking to, great, how quickly can we get that information and get that content in front of someone and have them start consuming it? Yeah, because yeah, I remember back in the day when it was maybe 10 years ago now, they had uh, an experiment. I can't remember what it was called, but they showed you two sites and you had to click on the one you thought looked fastest. And I spent hours, days <laughs> playing with it because I thought it was such a lot of fun. But it was an interesting experience for me because, for me at least, because I then saw that what was what, what I perceived to be fast was actually just seeing something that I found interesting, a bit like a, an idiot cat or a stupid goldfish. Right. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right um, that, you know, today one, one of the technical recommendations that's made really frequently is this, just this concept of lazy loading or delayed loading or, mm. you know, optimizing for above the fold. All of this is that same process of just saying, hey, let's try and prioritize the loading of everything at the top of the page, what's going to be seen first, uh, and, and let's move everything and load everything later. So the most common, you know, kind of optimization performance techniques are just move it, to, like load it later and delay it and just, you know, focus on that perceived experience. Even if the entire page takes 10 seconds, you know, that two seconds at the beginning is the most important. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, but which actually brings us to the, the next point, which is if you do that, you run the risk of having things moving around on the page as they load, which is um, content layout shift. Uh, CLS, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I don't understand is as a user, I find that phenomenally annoying. And as a website is. developer, I have left that shame be to me and just thought it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's... It it, one, it's 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 an, it's incredibly annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Where I read, you know, I'm a political junkie, and I, I read a lot of political articles, and you know, a lot of them can be pretty long. And you get halfway through, and something loads on the page, and it shifts the spot that you're reading, and it's a freaking pain. You lose your focus. You lose where you were. It's a terrible, terrible experience. Um, and uh, Google, you know, is, is also trying to optimize for this. This is also one of the hardest ones to optimize for, um, just because it, it kind of goes against the way browsers work today. Browsers allow you, from a developer perspective, to add things into the page, yeah. to change the elements, to um, update what's going on there, and without, you know, really changing the way you load things and being conscious of CLS. Um, you are going to cause those those layout shifts if you change anything on the page 
um, after mm-hmm. it loads initially. And so it's, it's one of the more hard ones to actually optimize for. And I think yeah. this is the one that caught most developers off guard is the CLS because um, in the past versions of Google speed tests, they didn't rank it very highly in importance. In past versions of Lighthouse, it was only 5% of the total weight. Now in Core Web Vitals, it's one third, um, you know, and, and it was really, really difficult for people to recognize the importance of it. Yeah. But but that brings me to a question is, was it only 5% because they didn't feel they could measure it accurately and therefore didn't want to scare people or because they were just not considering it to be particularly important at the time? No, I, um, you know, they, they've had the CLS metric around for a few years now. Really? And so they, they've been able to measure it fairly accurately for a little bit. Um, I think, you know, Google selected it as a core web vital because they're they're trying to encompass the whole experience. You know, a lot of the other metrics that Google has in their Lighthouse test, Lighthouse is their technical uh, like lab tests that they do. Um, a lot of the other metrics there uh, are, are really on that first time performance where one is like they have FCP, which is first contentful pain. We talked about largest. Um, and so the first content is also something that they measure as well. They also look at this thing called speed index. Which well, so just to come back to FCP and LCP, I mean, I like the idea because I think, oh, first, first conf- contentful paint, I've got something in front of the user that's good enough. But in fact, they're now saying, oh, you don't just need the little menu at the top. You actually need something entertaining. So we come exactly. back to the stupid cat and idiotic fish again. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, if Google didn't include FCP, they, they could, you know, in future iterations of Core Web Vitals, they could include FCP if they want. If they did, they would have a a lower threshold for it though, right? A two second threshold or a 1.5 second threshold um, on that as a good experience uh, for, yeah. for actually rendering and displaying content. They they excluded it because they're trying to encompass the whole experience as part of the page metrics. Right, right? and what's and so, the next bit? You were talking about something yeah. I interrupted you. You were, t- you, you were moving on to? Oh, what, what, all I was saying is, is, you know, a lot of the other metrics in the Lighthouse tests that Google provides, they're, they're, they're mostly focused on that first experience mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the content first loading, um, you know, so they have things like FCP. I was mentioning speed index a second ago where speed index is just visually how quickly does the page load uh, is what that's looking at. They also have um, the other one that's kind of important is the um, FID or sometimes it's called TBT which is FID is first input delay. It's how quickly when I tap on the page and try and scroll, does something actually happen? Um, and so if, if you tap and nothing happens, that's a poor experience. Mm. Uh, they're, they're trying to measure that. So that's the first experience though. It's it's FID, it's the first you know input. So they're, so they're trying to encompass more of that full page experience in the overall metrics, which is why I think Google really highlighted CLS um, as, as one of the mm. key metrics now versus in the past they didn't. Um, yeah. But I just sorry, I just thought of something, which is why I keep going. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's you've got this idea of impress me, largest contentful paint, then don't annoy me, content yep. layer shift in FID, yep. and basically that's the point. And you were saying you're reading, you read a lot of political stuff. I mean, I, I read the Guardian because I'm terribly posh and from, <laughs> uh, and they have a thing with the ads is that yep. they shift and they do exactly what you're saying. And part of that from the Guardian is to get me to click on the ads without meaning to. Or yep. to make me aware of the ads, where I was actually just reading the article, and maybe Google are trying to kind of encourage sites to do less of that because it is phenomenally annoying. Uh, absolutely, I think I think in Google's interest, you know, they know that when the end result page has a better experience, 
they're more likely to go back to Google and find that page in the first place. Um, so, so really, Google is just trying to, you know, extend the entire experience of the web and, and make it an entirely better across the board. If they know that a page shifts and is moving around and causes a poor experience, that means a user might bounce, they might not come back to Google, and maybe they'll go directly to, you know, the app instead of using Google search to find that type of thing in the future. You know, whatever it might be, um, Google's really trying to prevent that and just keep people coming back to Google in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I think kind of people often forget that, I mean, Google's got such domination in most markets that they, yeah. they forget that Google can actually lose. I mean, Bing could yeah. take some of the market share back. And, yeah. and the, the other thing that people forget is Google are piggybacking of the quality of our content to make themselves look good because they're recommending the best content. And so if you kind of look at it from that perspective, if you're saying Google are piggybacking off my great content, I need to make great, great content that fits with what they want their users to get, which is the fastest solution. And as users, we use Google and we want that. As marketers, we would like Google to forget that and just rank us. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you're absolutely right with, with your analysis here. I think. You know, one, I think Google does see competition in, in some places in the market, right? Um, you know, obviously they have, what, 91% of all searches today. But if you look at certain sectors and things like, you know, um, like uh, product searches or, you know, purchase searches, right? Amazon absolutely competes with them on, you know, search first. If YouTube were outside of Google, YouTube would compete with them on video searches um, uh, as, as part of the overall search industry or um, online like hotel and booking reservations, right? They absolutely have competition from Expedia, from yeah. booking.com. You know, they, they do have competition and they're trying to ward off all of those different locations. Um, you know, and so core web vitals is just their effort to, to one, you know, continue to, to promote and make sure that organic results are as relevant as possible um, across the board. And um, also really try it and make sure that every time somebody comes to Google search, they're getting a, a, a top-notch experience all the way through that click chain. But yeah. so you just made a really interesting point that's got nothing to do with Core Web Vitals. Nothing. But it, it is that as well, that, that Google do see the competition from if we don't give a good experience and provide the videos when people are looking for videos, they might just go straight to YouTube, despite right. the fact YouTube is them. Um, but they might also go for, 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 for news directly to news sites or for exactly. shopping, go to Amazon directly. So they are fighting more battles than just Bing, which we tend to assume is the only battle where they're fighting in search. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely. I, no, but you were right, not me. You said it. <laughs> well, I'm right about you being right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. This could go on forever. Yeah, I'm right about you being right about me being right. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, sorry, back to Core Web Vitals because. Yeah. I really like the idea that Google are pushing us, or they're encouraging us with the carrot and stick thing to yeah. improve our users' web experience. And that's a good thing for us at the end of the day. And from, from that perspective, have, I mean, have you seen a lot of sites actually act and react to this, or have you seen a lot of people falling by the wayside? Um, we, you know, from, I can only really speak to my experience at Duda yeah. um, uh, as, as part of this. Um, so what we've seen is is we we obviously saw a big increase in our customers asking us about oh, you know, really core yeah. web vitals and and trying to optimize their sites for it. And so at Duda, since we control a lot of the technology decisions that go into it, um, you know about fifty percent of what the customers can do is on their own, and it's just in terms of let's 
uh, optimize the way the site is built. Let's you know remove heavy media from the top of the page. Mm. Let's get rid of that background video that you may not need. Let's move that big heavy you know Facebook um, in you know comment section down to the bottom of the page. It's those type of things that that we we give our customers on. Then the other fifty percent is really really from the technical side of what Duda can do to improve all of our sites across the board um, well, and, and really optimize for that. And so we give a lot of guidance to our customers about how you can build and within the Duda system, you can um, build a fast site and, and recommend like how you do that. And those follow obviously what core web vitals is and optimizes for those three key, um, you know, metrics. Um, but it's, it's a little more complicated for Duda than it is. I think for, for other systems where, you know, if you're using a WordPress, you have full control over the entire end-to-end -end ecosystem, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, just a quick hello to everybody who's saying hello. It's not that we're ignoring you. We're just getting into our conversation here. Um, what One thing that did strike me is that, I mean, Duda control a great deal of the, the, the flow and the, the loading. Yeah. Do you find that people ruin it for themselves by trying to yes. put too many bells and whistles and trying to be too clever or too impressive? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all, the, all the time. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know, I think I think it makes sense, right? People want to have you know pages that are really rich visually or rich, full with you know background background videos and a lot of videos or um, you know big image galleries with lots of images. People want to do these things, mm. and it you know it, it it actually might make sense from a user experience and a design perspective to make those decisions um, in terms of great. I'm going to have an image gallery, and that image gallery is going to have. 50 images as part of it. And that's, you know, that, that's going to be a really big page and that's going to score poorly on core web vitals uh, when you do that type of thing. And, and so on the Duda side, you know, one, it, obviously this is an education where we're trying to educate our customers about great. So, you know, it probably makes sense from a design perspective, but maybe you want to split this up or make this over multiple pages or how can you do this in a way that might make more sense from a speed or performance perspective? Because there is a trade-off there uh, from a you know design versus you know functionality uh, perspective, um, and we you know uh, you know we we definitely see that 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 difficulty because yeah. this the speed and you know the core web vitals is not uh, it's not easy and it's it's definitely not you know top of mind a lot of times when people are building a site when you know it's already hard enough to build we see it's already hard enough to build a website as it is to get that right content to find the right visual imagery, to do all the things, all the creative side of actually building a site is already hard enough that, you know, a lot of folks don't have the, you know, the kind of the next, you know, me the mental capacity in that process to also include speed as part of that thought process. Right. And, yeah. well, and, and also kind of, I mean, with companies, you have the boss breathing over your shoulder saying, I want this to look pixel perfect. And you say, well, there's always a trade-off and you need to find them. And I don't like to use the word compromise, but it's a balance between that Absolutely. pixel perfect thing you want, those bells and whistles you want, that in-your-face impressive gallery with the full screen video that you want, and the fact that you're just not going to perform for your users or for Google. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And a lot of times performance, you know, comes down to being one of those, those trade-offs um, that, that you need to make mm -hmm. um, uh, in the, in that process. And I think, you know, this is one of the things I think has really changed in the industry that, you know, I brought up a little earlier is, is now you're going to see marketers, you're going to see SEOs, you're going to start to see some developers talk about this more upfront and talk about the impact of saying, okay, great. We want to do this fancy thing on the website. It's going to have these other trade-offs 
that we're going to need to make and we're going to need to kind of either deal with or incorporate in or do more work to solve that problem um, uh, as, as part of the effort. And I think, you know, to Google's credit, you know, Core Web Vitals has really elevated that and just kind of made it a little bit more prominent and made that part of the conversation. Um, yeah as part of building a site and optimizing for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Google do that a lot. I mean, they, they, they try to drive the conversation towards mobile friendliness, towards HTTPS. And at the end of the day, those mobile friendly and HTTPS, did they really have an effect on rankings? HTTPS, certainly not. Um, the, 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 the mobile was so gradual and so pushed back yeah. all the time. You don't really yeah. know when it did kick in. So you don't know when it might or might not have an effect. But with Core Web Vitals, have you seen any changes in rankings or performances? Uh, we, we have not seen any real ranking changes. You know, uh, at, at Duda, we track the, the average number of sessions that come from Google oh, right. uh, per website. Um, so, so you, we hang on, you said you've got hundreds of thousands of websites. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody uh, commented, hundreds of thousands? That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> we're we're hosting quite a few websites today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go uh, ahead. So you you track average session length. Yeah. So 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 two two key metrics that we look at is is one is average sessions you know from Google specifically, and then and then also just the the percent of traffic that we see from you know organic search as a whole, and we haven't seen that change over the past you know month month and a half you know since Google really started rolling this out um, uh, in in July. Yeah. And you know, I, I really don't think we will, because the, the reality is is that this is a fairly small signal for them, and all the other things that go into it of having the right content, uh, focusing on the right keywords, all of that is still yeah. going to be more important um, than you know core web vitals as a whole. So, and and I mean, kind of often we talk about the thousands, it's a lot, says Hans Knapp. Um, when, when you talk about things like, I mean, HTTPS is a great example. Gary Elias has been saying, oh, that's a tiebreaker at best. And uh, Core Web Vitals, they're saying, well, that's probably a tiebreaker as well. But then he also said in Search Off the Record, the circumstances where two results put in an equal bid is next to never. Yeah. So in fact, the tiebreaker never comes into play. So in fact, does it, does it even affect in any way, manner or form? If it's just a tiebreaker and they never have the same scores, it therefore never comes into play and therefore has no effect at all. What do you think of that? New theory. Well, I, I, I think, I, I, well, one is, is, is I, I think that's, that's correct. I think speed is, is probably a little bit higher, higher of a ranking factor than right. HTTPS uh, would be my guess. Um, and I, you know, if actually, if, if I were to make a prediction, I would think Google is actually going to to increase the rebel the relevance of speed going forward. Right now, it's not a big ranking vector, but I, I think they will. I think they'll find that sites that score better have a better engagement factor. I think their numbers will will kind of prove this out over time. And now that Google has this data and is is actually actively including it in SERPs, they'll be able to incorporate that back in. More so, I think what you'll we'll see is one they're going to evolve core web vitals and either change the metrics or add new metrics into core web vitals, and then two that they'll increase the you know kind of the the, the weighting of it. It's never going to be you know as relevant as backlinks, as relevant as content, as relevant as you know many of the other um, aspects that go into it. But I, I, that, that would be my prediction that that it will over the next two, three, four years uh, become more relevant. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, I love this. Now, you're up for predictions. That's good news. Yeah. Do you think they're going to put a little icon in the results that says this is Core Web Vital friendly? 
I really hope they do. I want them to. <laughs> um, I, I don't think they Hang will. Hang on, sorry. You hope they will because Dude is always going to win. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, <laughs> but, uh, that, that's a selfish reason for, for Duda. Um, you know, we we know that most websites today don't pass Core Web Vitals, right? Really? Um, uh, it's something like thirty percent of sites pass all three metrics. Um, Duda's doing, you know, doing a better than industry average on that. Um, so obviously, that's that's a benefit for Duda. Um, but um, you know, I I don't know if they, I don't think they will do the icon. I think they're going to test it, but it doesn't seem like. I think they would have rolled it out already. They've already been testing it, and they would have had a clear indicator of no no go a while ago. So I, I just yeah. think that they're not they're not going to do it. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a great answer. And the other yeah. thing, I mean, having asked that silly question, but I love that. I hope they do. Um, yeah. Is, is that it, when somebody sees the icon, they click on the website, they wouldn't actually feel or perceive any kind of difference necessarily so the icon would then have no sense whereas the amp one you've actually got the very boring amp layout that people get but the incredibly fast performance where you think yes i sorry i get some i get some feedback immediately as a user from that icon whereas with core web vitals there would be no immediate feedback yeah exactly and how does google associate it and the the reality is that you know with amp Amp, they kind of knew, and, and Amp, they could do like the preloading, so it was nearly instant. Yeah. With Core Web Vitals, you don't get that same instant experience because it's the content's still going to be on on the end domain. You still have to go through a lot of that. You're still going to get a period of white screen as you're making that transition from Google to the next website, and so um, I don't think you know they they can kind of rely on it the same way they relied on it with AMP, just because from a technical performance perspective, it's never going to be the same. So yeah, I mean you're never going to get rid of that short period of white screen, uh, and you need to get the largest contentful paint to get the attention back. Because right. one thing that strikes me about it is, a we're very impatient, but I mean even if it's almost immediate, when you're moving from one environment, which is the Google SERP, onto a website. There's a change in perspective in your brain. And I think a lot of us half forget what it is we were looking for. And we need reminding, and we need reminding quickly. I, yeah, I, I agree from, from, from the, the user perspective that you know, they're, they're leaving the environment, and, and they're, leaving, they're leaving the Google ecosystem. Um, and uh, if, what, what's an icon going to do to change that perception? Not, not much. Yeah. No, sure, hundred yeah. um, percent. And and from a from a developer perspective, I mean, this is leading them on to another kind of slightly um, related problem question that isn't really core web vitals. Is do you not find that a lot of people like ourselves are sitting in offices with very fast connections, and we totally forget that Google's actually judging all this on the equivalent of a three G connection because there's a fast number of people with very bad connections. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think that's definitely true. Um, you know, most people just will, will go to a site. You know, you brought up the example of your boss wanting a pixel perfect site, and they they're going to have a great experience because a they're either going to be on their corporate network with their you know desktop computer, and it's going to load instantly, and they don't see that that slow speed. Or even if they do load it on their phone, they're loading it on the latest iPhone, probably on Wi-Fi, probably you know it happens quickly still when. Um, you know, Google is is recognizing that a lot of people around the world are still on slower connections, and a, a lot of the testing tools um, that are used still use, like you're saying, use the old kind of 3G, what they call as a fast 3G connection, 
um, on the phones themselves as the, the connection speed. Actually, one interesting thing from, from you know, my experience from the Judah side is we see that the Lighthouse test, which is the lab test that tests in 3G, um, is actually too restrictive. And the reality really? is that performance, at least in most Western countries, um, uh, is, is quite a bit better than that 3G experience. So even if you filter just for mobile devices, the average speed is quite a bit better than Lighthouse uh, will show. So Duda has exam- quite a few examples of sites that pass core web vitals, but on the Lighthouse test, they're getting in the 60s or sometimes in, into the high 50s on the Lighthouse test uh, when, when you're running it over and over and over again. All right, we've just been shown a really colorful graph with the different Core Web Vitals technology report with WordPress uh, doing slightly better, but Joomla doing reasonably a lot better. What's, hang on, we're going to look for, oh, Duda's the, the, the incredibly impressive green line, of course. Yeah. Of course it is. Anton is now totally biased, and that's delightful. <laughs> totally. So, so, so that's what I was referencing a, a little bit earlier from a technology perspective where Duda does you know, a little bit better than most of the industry. Uh, right, but, but I mean, what what we were seeing there as well is that up until uh, May June, everybody was on kind of flatlining, and then it all suddenly went up because all of these different platforms made efforts. And I, I run a couple of WordPress sites, and yep. they all updated with lots of super duper funky new stuff, including um, what's it called uh, Gutenberg in the in the widgets in the footer, which is delightful. I, I had a great fun yep. playing with that the other day. <laughs> but, but the WordPress core updates have actually dealt with that quite a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously, you know, everyone's recognizing the importance and and recon- recognizing that the CMSs of the world are responsible for at least part of this, not all of it, but at least part of these optimizations can be done. Um, you know, with WordPress, it's it's um, you know, I think I think they've done a good job of of really trying to improve the core uh, of WordPress, but it's going to be difficult because they have the theme system. You know, mm. themes have their own set of code bases oh. and their own logic built into them. And then obviously the plugins as well. All of those really need to be optimized and built with Core Web Vitals in mind as part of that process too. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, sorry, to, to come back to WordPress, I mean, because it is a big, big part of the internet today. Absolutely. And theme, I hate themes. I mean, obviously I'm totally biased and lazy and boring, but the thing with themes is as soon as you install a theme you add a layer of complexity and a layer of danger and so i now just tell people everybody you know take bite the bullet accept the design isn't going to be pixel perfect use a core um wordpress theme adapt that using the 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 cm the css use gutenberg if you need something spectacularly sexy then use a gutenberg block um, but nobody ever listens to me. All my clients just go ahead and install Elementor or, or what was it? FlexGrid. I hate FlexGrid. Sorry, yeah. FlexGrid, if you're out there. <laughs> there, there's some there's some solid page builders out there. Like you're saying, Elementor is is one of them uh, that that allow you to kind of design and build. But you're but you're right. Like um, you know these these themes, a lot of them haven't taken Core Web Vitals into account, or let alone other aspects like security and accessibility um, as mm. as part of them. Um, and it's, it's kind of difficult. Um, <laughs> I yeah, we just had on, on screen, for the people who can't see the video, I hate themes, quote by Jason Barnard, it's now official. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, one thing, you know, I, I, I attended recently the Shopify uh, developer conference that they had, and Shopify introduced a new, brand new theme. I don't remember what they call it, but it was all focused on performance. Um, oh, and it, 
like out of the box, it got, you know, great performance speeds. And that was their recommendation that all developers build on top of is start with this new, you know, fresh kind of clean slate. And this follows a lot of those best practices and does well on core web vitals. And so, you know, obviously you see all of the CMSs in the industry mm -hmm. kind of responding to this as a whole, just like you're saying, you know, WordPress had some updates, Shopify have, have updates, um, you know, Wix and Squarespace are, are are addressing it in their own ways, you know, slowly as, as they move forward too. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's really good news. I really like the idea of saying to people, Here's a really simple, fast, efficient, effective thing. Start with that and build on it little by little and yep. don't add too much and don't do things that are going to slow it down. Don't do things that will break it on updates. And it's one of these terribly difficult things for people to do, especially the boss who wants his pixel or his or her pixel perfect website. Um, deeply frustrating. But starting with that simple idea and building on it and avoiding the temptation to just add bells and whistles is a great way forward. Um, oh, sorry, that was a, oh, I was going to make a point. I've just remembered what it was. It was that people say, but it will look like everybody else's site. And you just smiled, meaning no, you don't no, think that's true. It doesn't, doesn't have to. I mean, actually, I would, I would argue the opposite, that themes make your site look like everyone else's site. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a good quote as well. That's worse uh, than I hate themes. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, themes are probably more restrictive in that sense of, of really, you know, having the flexibility and, and doing what you want. All I was going to say is, is this, you know, I, I have two points to make. One is, is this, this is a trade-off of, you know, it, it's, time and money versus mm. you know actual performance uh, that that goes into it because you know optimizing for performance and optimizing for you know unique design or whatever you want to call it it's a trade-off um, of mm. spending more time and spending more resources on it and a lot of people don't don't want to do that um, as as a whole uh, you know I think also from the technical side I think developers have have a big problem to solve where for a long time on the web it's been add this new piece of code, insert this extra JavaScript, this new thing will, will, you know, allow you to do that shiny new thing like you're saying. And uh, developers for a long time have not really looked at the performance implications of just including these extra pieces of code in their website and what that means from a performance perspective. It's become so easy and so convenient to just add in, yeah. you know, a new library or a new set of code to do something and to solve a problem. And you know, developers have have really taken that to whole, and you know, only now is that really shifting from a mindset perspective in you know any type of web development that's going on of the actual performance implications of just including something new in your project. And so I think you know the technical community is is also you know has a big kind of blame in this of making it so easy to include extra pieces of code and extra um, kind of snippets to to do those yeah. fancy shiny things like you're saying. And, yeah. and they have even yeah. faster connections than the boss. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they say even less than the boss does. They, they do it all from their local machine. So they're not oh, going to the course. internet to download things. <laughs> they just download it from their local machine. It's really fast. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Proper developers do it on the local machines. Exactly. Uh, I'm exactly. not one of those. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> wonderful stuff. Was that your two points, or did you have a second point yeah, to that, make? That right, it, okay. Because yeah. you, you very pointedly say, I have two points here, and that was to make sure I didn't interrupt halfway through, and I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, okay. Um, I was going to go back to, to – oh, yeah – how do SEOs now, given all of that, manage to get the developers on board to actually make them start thinking about that? 
I, I, you know, I, I think first and foremost is, is, you know, it's an education and it's a communication problem. So right. it's, it's, you know, from as early on in the conversation as possible of, you know, building a website or optimizing a website, it's coming in and saying, Hey, look, we think performance is important. Here are the tools we use to measure performance. Here are the metrics we're trying to hit. Here's, you know, here's what we see. And then, and then diving into the actual data. I think a lot of SEOs lead with data and then they'll lead with a checklist of things that need to be fixed. And I think, I think that's probably the wrong approach. You know, when, when you work with developers, you want to include them in what is that problem we're trying to solve, not the, you know, result of the problem. Let's, let's actually get to the root of it and let's, let's have a conversation about prioritizing this from the beginning and making it part of the thought process. So, you know, obviously if you're, if you're building a new site, trying to, to keep that into account and allowing developers to take that into account during the build process. If you're coming in after the fact, it's going to be a little bit of education and saying, great, uh, we need to, to focus on speed because of X, Y, Z reasons. This is, you know, we see that page performance is really low and we want to improve it going forward across all pages of the site, not just, you know, individual pages as a whole. So I think, you know, kind of bringing them into the fold and, and really getting them on your side is going to be step number one. And then step number two is, is getting into the data. Yeah. Right. Okay. And another question then is how do I get the, the, the boss and the developer to talk to each other? Because the developer will say that's good. That's, that's going to take, 12 extra days of development and it's going to cost you an absolute fortune because I won't be doing other things and there are other priorities. How do you manage to get the, the or the, I'm saying boss, but the person who's actually managing the project to say to the developer, this is actually a priority over and above the other things that are going on? That's that's a hard one. Uh, that's a really hard one. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, but it, it does say at the bottom of the screen, Director of Strategic Integrations. And I thought the last answer just demonstrated why that's your job title. So I thought I'd ask you a doubly difficult question <laughs> so you could really prove your worth. Yeah, I, well, I think one is obviously like shared goals, right? What 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 are those goals and, and what is focusing on, on it? And, mm -hmm. you know, I think we we talked about a little bit earlier that Core, what core web vitals and speed is, is not the number one factor um, in ranking. And so it might not be the most important thing for people to, to decide to prioritize. Now, you know, there's probably going to, it's probably going to have to say, okay, great. We know that your, your site is performing at X today. We see, you know, these related metrics of bounces are really high. Mm -hmm. We're not ranking in X search results. And we think this is why, you know, show, showing the data and trying to, to prove that, you know, speed is the problem and or performance and experience is the problem right. um, and, um, and and trying to, to get that prioritized and included as part of the roadmap. I think what, what SEOs will often find is it's going to be a trade-off. It's going to be great. Let's tackle the five hairiest problems and let's get it down to a okay or a yellow score instead of a green score. And you're going to have to live with that and be okay with that. Um, and you'll never be, you know, fully in the green and fully passing web vitals. Um, right. But I think I think that's okay for the most part, as as long as the experience is, you know, mostly there. You know, from an SEO perspective, you're still going to be able to do your job, and you're still going to be able to, you know, drive the right keywords, rank for the right search results, Brilliant. things like that. Um, from from an SEO's perspective, you're still going to be able to get there, even if you're not 100% perfect in the passing all core web vitals. Yeah. Well, you've just nailed director of strategic integrations as a job title. That's absolutely brilliant. Done. Done. Thank you so much, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was amazing. So I'm just going to quickly announce next week. Next week, we've got Mark Bielen talking about if we can have the screen up because it's local SEO, strategic versus tactical local SEO. And Mark is super smart, super fun, delightful, and he knows absolutely boatloads about local SEO. And that's going to be awesome. So please do come along. And one other quick announcement, which is the last one, is in an hour's time, Jerry White is going to be talking about something that I know nothing about, single-page apps. And apparently, single-page apps are a thing. And secondly, you can do the SEO on those single-page apps. So do chop along to that. It's in an hour's time. Thank you so much, Russ. You get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Russ. Happy new father. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate the song. This is, this is fun. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Russ. That was All right. great.